Welcome to the Holistic Anxiety Fix Podcast, where we explore the many different root causes of anxiety so you can learn how to heal naturally and reclaim your love for life. Welcome to my very first podcast for the Holistic Anxiety Fix. I'm Jodi Eleanor, and I will be your host and guide through this incredible learning journey. I am super excited to be hosting this series of solos with me, of success stories of women who have reclaimed their lives by healing their anxiety, and interviews with other professionals. Together, we are going to go super deep into all sorts of approaches to heal anxiety naturally. This is really the place for you to come to get informed about cutting edge approaches to healing anxiety holistically that are likely not on your radar. That is why I created this podcast actually, because I feel it's my mission to really empower women to reclaim their lives by healing anxiety so that they can be their best selves. I want to start today with a big and arguably most important question. Can you actually heal anxiety? And this is where my story begins to come in because this is one of the first questions I had to ask myself on my own healing journey. Can I actually heal? I'm going to back up here for a moment and tell you exactly what it was I was trying to heal. About eight years ago, anxiety came on me like a ton of bricks. It honestly felt like it came out of nowhere. I mean, I was always a slightly anxious child, but the level of anxiety I experienced in my mid-30s was unheard of. It felt like a switch was flipped. One day I was chugging along with manageable levels of anxiety, and the next day my nervous system was a total disaster. And let me give you a snapshot of what I'm talking about here. I had panic attacks to MasterChef. No, I'm not joking. I literally watched MasterChef and had panic attacks as I witnessed Gordon Ramsay yelling at people about cooking. Driving 30 minutes through traffic to see friends that at one point seemed like a piece of cake became the equivalent of climbing Mount Everest. I had these racing thoughts. And the racing thoughts were so bad that I started to wonder if this is what it felt like if you were on drugs like speed. I mean, I've never actually done speed, but I could only imagine that this is what your thoughts would feel like if you were doing a drug like that. I also had a torturous inability to sleep through the night. I would wake up from nightmares with panic and a racing heart in the middle of the night. I would wake up in the early morning with panic. I would sometimes spend hours willing my body to calm back down so that I could get into any sort of slumber. It didn't even need to be a sweet slumber. I just needed any degree of sleep. I also developed this obsessive need to clean. And this one is really weird because Generally, I was quite a messy person, but when anxiety hit, everything felt dirty and I could not stop cleaning. My memory was also awful. Okay, one time, and this is kind of embarrassing, but I'm going to share it anyways. I introduced myself twice to the same family. I'd met them three weeks before and I literally could not remember. And this is coming from the girl who had a somewhat photographic memory. My social life also suffered significantly. And to give you a little context, we're talking about someone who loved to socialize. I mean, every weekend I had to have something on my social calendar. 
I thought that I recharged by connecting to others. But when anxiety hit, I could not wait to be alone. I had this fantasy of moving into a cabin in the woods where there was no one and nothing, just me and the trees. And for someone who loved to socialize, this was a really odd fantasy. For me, it started to feel like I was on this hamster wheel and all I wanted to do was get off. So yeah, it was a super important question for me. Can anxiety be healed? In fact, if we get technical, there are two questions here. Can anxiety be healed? And can I heal? The can I heal question, I'm going to save for a future podcast where we can dive into subconscious trauma. But for today, we're going to talk about the big hurdle you need to overcome before you move forward. I mean, what is the point of investing time and energy and hope into healing anxiety if it can't be healed? There really isn't any point. Modern day medicine and Google would say no. No, anxiety cannot be healed. There is no cure to anxiety. And for a lot of people, this is actually where the buck stops. The belief system here is that anxiety is just, and I say just in quotation marks, a symptom of a neurochemical imbalance. Often statements are made like, you were just born this way. Anxiety runs in families. You just need to learn to accept it. There's often very little discussion in the conventional medicine world about root causes of anxiety because, well, this is not really the point of modern day medicine. I'm gonna invite you to explore a little deeper with me here. The primary focus for modern day medicine is typically on eliminating symptoms. And in this case, the symptom we're talking about is anxiety. So for most conventional practitioners, in order to eliminate the symptoms of anxiety, we need medication. You may not realize, but the pharmaceutical industry is a $29.9 billion industry that has broadly infiltrated the medical community. In fact, benzodiazepams are one of the most widely prescribed class of drugs. And these class of drugs are actually typically used for anxiety. Take Zoloft, for example. Most people tend to know about Zoloft. It's a commonly prescribed medication for panic and anxiety, as well as OCD and social anxiety, with over 38 million prescriptions. I bet if you have anxiety and you've been to the doctor, you would have experienced something like I just described, where the doctor's suggesting to you that it's just anxiety and you just need medication. I can't begin to tell you the number of women who have shared with me that they go to their doctor looking for healing and they leave the office completely frustrated because the only solution they were provided was medication to help them manage their newfound symptoms. I was one of these people. I remember sitting in my doctor's office, openly sharing with her the depths of my struggles, fighting back the tears. I ended my story with a deep sigh, and then there was this brief moment where I waited. I held my breath in hope. Maybe she would have an answer I couldn't think of. Her response? My Holter monitor tests came back clean. My blood chemistry looked great. There were no major concerns showing up. And my thyroid, which I was hoping was causing all the symptoms, it looked perfect. 
I was then told it was just anxiety and depression and IBS and offered prescriptions. You see, the goal for the conventional medical community is to find a way for symptoms to go away. From a conventional medical perspective, if medication helps so that the client doesn't really feel the symptoms of anxiety, if anxiety is no longer running the show or controlling their lives, and the selected medication is successful at mitigating these symptoms, then it means that there's no more work to do. The case is closed. Or is it? For me, I am a why person. So the case did not close with a prescription for medication. But for many women, it does. And by no fault of their own. They second guess their intuition. They second guess the belief that there is something wrong with them. And instead, they accept that anxiety can't be healed. And then they opt into the mainstream approach to anxiety, hoping that at the very least they can manage it. I've talked to hundreds of women and their common goal is just to learn. And their common goal is often to learn a few strategies to manage it. I don't often hear that they want to heal anxiety, that they want to turn the switch back off. Typically I hear they just want to manage it. But I want to put this tiny thought in your head before we move on. What would happen to your life if you could heal it versus just manage it? I see anxiety as both a natural and a healthy response, and in more extreme cases as a symptom of dysfunction. Anxiety typically starts by barely knocking. It might look like some sort of anxiety in typical situations, like before a test or a presentation at work, or going to new places on a family vacation, or the classic seeing a bear in a national park. You might respond by having a couple of extra worries, speaking really fast, having racing thoughts, or getting sweaty hands. But when the event is over, the surge of symptoms fade. This is typically a healthy anxiety response. In fact, anxiety, like any other emotion, actually serves a purpose. For anxiety, its purpose is to alert us to possible threats. Once these threats have been brought to our conscious attention, we can then determine the best ways to act on them. Anxiety also serves to prime the body to respond, triggering the classic fight, fight, freeze, and fawn response options. And typically what happens is that pupils will dilate, your heart rate increases, airways open, your digestion actually slows to focus on other more immediate concerns. You have decreased insulin, which then leads to high blood sugar, increased water retention, increased sweating, and adrenaline is secreted. So these responses are generated by the body because if there is a physical threat like a bear, our bodies can protect ourselves by mobilizing resources to be able to run from that bear. In other words, our anxiety responses prime us to protect ourselves from threats, to keep us safe. It's a highly functional adaptive response. It is a healthy response in this example. What most people don't realize is that the body does not go from healthy to disease overnight. So although it may actually feel like a switch went off and you went from being calm Candace to frazzled Fran in a week, this is actually not what happened. There was likely quite a bit going on underneath the surface. And in order to understand this, we are going to go into the trajectory of disorder. 
I want you to picture your body always wanting to stay in a state of homeostasis or in a state of homeostasis. This is really a fancy way to say balance. Your body wants to be stable. The first stage of disorder comes when there's stressor. The stressor might be minor, but it still requires a response. So let's use the example of a house party. We're gonna zoom in on a second floor of a house party and I want you to imagine that there are 20 plus people jumping up and down, dancing to music. The floor will definitely feel the weight of the jumping people. But if this only goes on for a few minutes, there won't really be any signs that the floor is affected by the jumping people. It may be a solid floor with good supported beams. Your body is much the same. It is built to tolerate some degree of stress and then return to its typical function once that stressor has been removed. The first stage of disorder, known as deviation from homeostasis, is when the organs and systems of the body fall out of balance and cannot return to it. This tends to happen when there are chronic stressors. However, just like the house example, the body doesn't necessarily show symptoms that it's undergoing stress, at least not yet. Pathopathophysiology is a fancy name for the second stage of disorder. This is where your body is compensating for the stressors. And eventually it starts to break down because it cannot repair as quickly as it's being damaged. At a cellular level, tissues and cells start to break down. If you are struggling with anxiety and tired of going in circles, then I have something special for you. I have created a game-changing gift for everyone that is listening. This gift is specifically designed for women who are done living with their anxiety. Whether they are tired of the intrusive thoughts, the sleepless nights, gut issues, the overwhelm, or being unable to do the things they used to love. This gift is specifically designed for women who want immediate action steps. So what I have for you is a guide. It is five surprising ways to reduce anxiety in just seven days. This guide is really great because it gives you some actionable steps. It is not telling you about your anxiety or suggesting a random things that you're never going to do, but they are really actionable steps that are going to have an immediate effect on lowering your anxiety. You can find the guide at go.healingjourneyservices.com slash five ways dash one. Again, you aren't very likely to notice symptoms in this phase. This would be the equivalent of having those 20 plus people now jumping at our house party for 20 minutes or so. The wood may start to split at a microscopic level. The stress of jumping begins to have an impact. At this point, we don't see any floorboards cracking that are noticeable to the eye, but at a very tiny level, something is definitely going on. The third level of disorder is called pathomorphology, and this is where things continue to be out of balance and a state of dis-ease exists. Because of the malfunction, there are changes in parts of the structure at a cellular level. Or in our house party example, we could imagine that if the jumping continued for an hour or two, the deeper cracks in the wooden beams in the floor structure would begin to form. 
perhaps even right across the floor, cracks would start. But these would be hidden beneath the carpet and you still wouldn't notice them. It isn't until the fourth stage of disorder that we actually see symptoms. We see symptoms because the body can no longer adapt to the stressors in the best way possible and normal function is lost. In our house party example, if we have those 20 plus people jumping on the floor for a prolonged period of time, we're eventually gonna see the impact of this. The floor may crack, the beams no longer can support the jumping, and if there's any water damage involved prior to, we may see the entire floor cave in. And yes, I've known a case where this has actually happened. So this is the phase where your consciousness starts to notice that something is wrong. Again, it may not start out as very obvious. You may notice that you're more anxious than usual. Maybe it's nothing really all that bothersome at first, but eventually you start to see symptoms and they get louder and louder and louder if the root cause continues to go unaddressed. When anxiety becomes, as I like to say, out of control, I often describe it as a very restrictive dark cloud that looms over you. It can show up in all areas of your life or maybe just be out of control in a few areas. It can look like this, waking up in the middle of the night in panic, dreading the mornings when thoughts are racing and it feels like you're spinning, looping thoughts, looping almost obsessively over scenarios or events that have no logical threat to them, but you can't get the thoughts to stop not being able to fall asleep because your mind is racing, fear of leaving the house because you might become too overwhelmed, fear of panic attacks while driving, gut issues, whether it's bloating stomach, stomach aches, diarrhea, acid reflux, GERD, heart palpitations or irregular heartbeats randomly throughout the day, dizziness, lack of appetite, difficulty swallowing, racing thoughts that won't slow down, Worrying about every little thing. Difficulty breathing. Perhaps it even feels like it's hard to get any sort of breath. And the list goes on and on and on. And while these symptoms are all adaptive, they are not actually all conducive to any sort of quality of life. In fact, the symptoms I just listed, I think we can agree that they're quite extreme. At this level, your anxiety symptoms are becoming messengers from the body. Your body is no longer gently knocking to say that something is a little bit wrong. In these examples, your body is roaring. It's screaming so loudly that it needs to be put back in balance. In other words, those 20 plus people, they need to stop jumping. Every single symptom I just mentioned is a result of your body adapting. Yes, adapting for you under some sort of stressor. And this is whether it's an obvious stressor like COVID, or it could also be a hidden one like gut infections. Your body is adapting so that you can manage day to day. I want to take a minute and slow this down just to make sure that you catch it because it was a hard one for me to grasp. These symptoms are not the result of your body going rogue. It is because it's trying its best to adapt to some sort of hidden stressor. It's trying its best to work for you. I initially struggled a lot with this concept. With my gut issues, I actually started to hate my stomach. 
I got angry that it would ache all the time. I was so frustrated, I would actually limit my awareness of this part of my body. With my anxiety, I felt shame that I couldn't get my nervous system to calm down. It felt like I was out of control. It felt scary that I couldn't figure out how to manage the systems in my own body. I felt broken. But through my journey, which I'm going to share with you through upcoming episodes, I slowly uncovered that my extreme levels of anxiety were actually the result of many different triggers combined and not due to my body going rogue. So my question for you is, are your symptoms roaring? And if your answer is yes, then the next key question is why? As Reed Davis once said, symptoms are not the problem. They are the result of the problem. So now we must find out what the problem is. If it was, as some purport, just a result of neurochemical imbalance that you were born with, then it would logically follow that we would expect to see these extreme anxiety symptoms at birth, which for most women, this is not really the case. So while some neurochemical imbalance may be feeding the symptoms, we need to dig deeper into why the neurochemical imbalance existed in the first place. Here is where root causes enter. Root causes are the actual triggers to your imbalance. They can be stronic. They can be chronic stressors, such as obvious external stressors like a terrible job, a stressful marriage, lack of finances, COVID, or they can be internal hidden stressors like mold, a poor diet, or infections and a high heavy metal load. There are many more stressors and we're going to do a deep dive in a later podcast around these. But the important point here is that we actually discover, address, remove, or heal the root causes. If we take the conventional approach to anxiety by using medications like benzodiazepines, then what we're doing is stimulating the GABA receptors with these types of medications. Now, GABA is an inhibitory neurotransmitter that has a very calming effect on the body. So if you are deficient in GABA, and then stimulate GABA receptors, you're going to elicit a calming effect. This is why benzodiazepines are effective in some women with anxiety. Now, let me ask you this. Have the medications actually healed your anxiety? The answer is no. No, they have not. It has provided only a stopgap measure so that you have a break from the symptoms. It has not resolved the issue of why you were low in GABA in the first place or why your nervous system needed that extra calm down effect. So if you're eating breads and have a gluten response, so for example, if you're eating breads and you have a gluten response, or you're living in a moldy house and are full of mycotoxins, or you have a giant worm living in you, which I did, and I'll do a whole podcast on that, these are the things that stress your nervous system out. So are the benzodiazepines that you're taking hailing your anxiety? No. So for example, if you're eating breads and have a gluten response that is triggering anxiety, or you're living in a moldy house and you're full of mycotoxins and the mycotoxins are triggering anxiety, or to give you one last example, you have a giant worm living in you and this is triggering anxiety, then are the benzodiazepines really healing your anxiety? No, obviously not which is why this approach does not actually heal your anxiety and why it can't resolve it long-term. 
But if you get to the root, if you clean up your diet, if you look at EMFs, if you clear out gut infections, if you remove yourself from the moldy environment and detox, if you find ways to calm your nervous system down by doing these things, have you healed your anxiety or are you just managing it? What you are doing and the examples I just listed is you are healing the root causes of your anxiety so that you don't have to spend four hours a day meditating or have daydreams that you could spend all day long in an Epsom salt bath or in the middle of nowhere in the woods. So the goal shifts. It's no longer about stopping the symptoms. It instead becomes about lovingly listening, asking the body what messages it's sending, honoring the dysfunction it is showing you, validating it, and then deciding to put on a detective hat so that you can uncover what is causing the dysfunction. Replay. So the goal shifts. It is no longer about managing the symptoms or stopping the symptoms. Instead, it becomes about lovingly listening. It becomes about asking the body what messages it's sending. It becomes honoring the dysfunction and what the dysfunction is showing you. Validate it and then put your detective hat on so that you can uncover what is causing the dysfunction. It would be easy if I said that in all cases, gluten was a root of anxiety, or in all cases, mold was a root of anxiety. But this is not the case because the extreme anxiety is just the messenger that your system is not functional. And it can be the result of many different root causes, which is why it's so important to address healing through multiple different layers, both mind, body, and spirit. And while there might not be a quick fix, I can assure you there certainly is a fix. Healing does not mean that anxiety goes away because as we've already discovered, some degree of anxiety is actually quite healthy and protective. Healing means that your anxiety goes back within the range that it's manageable and that the symptoms associated with your anxiety go away. Healing means that your anxiety comes back within a range that it's manageable. So those intense symptoms that I just managed, they begin to fade and eventually go away. Healing means that your anxiety comes back within a range that is manageable and that the symptoms associated with it are no longer significantly impacting your functioning. And for that to happen, the extreme symptoms need to start to fade and eventually go away. Healing also means that you have addressed and healed the reasons that you had the wild anxiety symptoms in the first place. Healing also means that you have addressed and resolved the reasons that you had the wild anxiety symptoms in the first place. Balance needs to be restored so that anxiety can stop being the loud roaring messenger and instead serve as a protective instinctual response to short-term stress. So do I dare to purport that root causes of anxiety can be healed naturally and it can go back down to manageable levels? In fact, I do. So do I dare to purport that the root causes of anxiety can be healed naturally and anxiety can go back down to manageable levels? In fact, I do. 
I am so excited that you joined me for my first ever podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed creating it. I'd love for you to head on over to your Instagram and find me at healingjourney underscore services and leave me a comment and let me know how much hope you now have for healing your anxiety. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Holistic Anxiety Fix podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts so others like you can learn how to heal naturally from anxiety. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.